Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. <laughs> this tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Enema Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris Carava <laughs> is. It's so good. That's great. Welcome back, everybody. We are excited um, to introduce you to this episode. Uh, we had a great time talking with Dan Palmer from Death by Stereo in Zebrahead. He, uh, it was a great, um, great time. Uh, he gave us some really great stories and uh, really gave us some insight about things he kind of likes in his uh, professional life as a musician. Um, Mike, you want to talk about anything? that sticks out with you yeah i'm excited about it too um we we did have a good time hanging out with them uh you know you never know how these conversations are gonna go and i thought that mm-hmm. dan was was like our friend <laughs> like we were hanging oh, yeah. out and i felt like he became our buddy and i I'm, i i love the talk we got into nerdy guitar stuff a tiny bit we talked about just some some of the history um of the of the punk rock scene which i won't give anything away because his stories are pretty pretty awesome oh yeah um, and then we got into just like talking about music and and what he's been into and what he's been working on um, which was, was pretty cool yeah how about you jesse um yeah i'm definitely uh i'm looking forward to getting able to put put this conversation out to the public and for them to hear some of the pretty fun stories that uh, Dan was able to share. Uh, we had a really great time with him. Um, definitely all had a couple of drinks during our, our conversation and time together. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, so we're going to get to that in just a minute. But as we always do, I'd love to just share what music's been going on um, and get some tunes rolling. And so uh, I, uh, how about I start with myself this time? We oh, always that's end up selfish. That's selfish. that's selfish to let yourself go first. Is it selfish nope. or is it selfless? Because I'm giving you guys a chance to get your your stuff together, right? I think I'm taking one. No, you're right. It is. I was just. It doesn't sound fun to say though. Okay. Well, I will go first. Um, and so um, I I've, I've actually been listening to a band that I listened to a lot a long time ago. Um, I went to this one show. Uh, it's a super memorable show when I was a kid. I, I think I was in like, I think I was in like seventh grade or eighth grade. And my parents brought me to a concert in San Diego. And it was like one of my first concerts that was like, I had to go to like a Tower Records and then print out my Ticketmaster ticket at the Tower Records Ticketmaster kiosk. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was in San Diego at Soma, but it was at the old Soma, not the one now that we have probably been to some shows out here in San Diego, uh, but it was at the old Soma. And so we go to Ticketmaster and we get these tickets to a concert. And it's, uh, we're going to the headliner of the show was MXPX. And then there were two other bands I've never heard of that were opening for them. But I just didn't care because at the time I was like, oh man, this band MXPX, I got to go see these guys. So we drive two hours to San Diego. We go to this... Uh, Ticketmaster thing and then we go to the venue we get to the venue it's boarded up like it was just totally closed like (laughs) it's closed they're not having shows right now like it was under renovation right and so we go back to the Ticketmaster because like this is before the internets the interwebs 
And the guy at the booth's like, oh, well, you got to call this. And they like figured out the show had been moved to the Del Mar Fairgrounds because the show had also blown up. It was too many people and they like resized the deal. And I get there and MXPX is a headliner. There's some band that was added last minute that was nobody had ever heard of called the Ataris. And they were the first opening band who ended up becoming a very well-known band. Atari, that's a uh, personal entertainment video game system. That's not a band. Are you sure you're you're talking about Space Invaders? I'm pretty sure was part of the Ataris. Yeah, yeah. It was Pong and Space Invaders on the stage. Um, Oh, okay. This is making sense. Uh, No, it was the band, the Ataris guys. uh, Lead singer Chris Rowe, um, and they were, you know, they were pop punk horrific. Uh, they put on a good show, and it was great. I ended up buying uh, their EP uh, at the time. But the second band is the band I've been listening to again, and it's probably not a very well-known band. They're uh, they're from New Jersey. It's a band called Shades Apart. I don't know if anybody has heard the band Shades heard Apart. Yeah, for sure. Great. Not a lot of people. They weren't very huge. Um, they also have had a crazy hiatus, uh, but just a few days ago... Um, like a week or so ago they released a new album and it's their first album in like 20 years and so i have been listening to eternal echo from shades apart uh off and on for the last couple of weeks actually some songs were released a little early uh and i've been digging it so many There you go. Nice. Uh, I'm. I, I feel like now I should hand it to somebody, unless somebody wants to be selfless, like I was, and take it. You don't. Okay. All right. All right. No. No. I've got. Let's it. just make okay. Mike. Mike, Let's you just tell Mike. us. Mike, you tell us what we've been listening to. Okay. Ooh, there we go. Uh. Well, Aaron. Aaron is always listening to Death by Stereo. Obviously. Yeah. Uh huh. It's yeah, it's in his veins, and Jesse <laughs> has been listening to. Um, bowling for soup. Jesse's listening to right. Bowling for Soup. All right. No, um, no, no. Okay. Phoenix TX. That. Phoenix TX. You've been listening to Phoenix <laughs> TX. No, nah, neither. Neither of those. But I actually, I actually. When when I knew we were gonna have this conversation, and I got oh, what have I been listening to? I was I literally was like, man, I've been school started up, and I'm a teacher, and I've just been much busier than I had been in recent times, and so the, the amount of music has been less. However, there have been a couple things um, quite recently. The first one, which um, came up because uh, I was just looking at some of the folks we follow on Instagram. And uh, there was an album anniversary that came up that kind of blew my mind. And it was a 20-year anniversary for um, the album Emotion is Dead by Juliana Theory. That is crazy, isn't it? 20 years ago. Oh, man. (laughs) And and that's a band that that I was uh, a big fan of. 
from the beginning, from when, when Brett left Zayo and, and started up this other project. And this particular album just, just has banger after banger, just just awesome songs that are just so catchy, but like still some complexity and um, some heaviness that's, I mean, nothing like what, what Zaya was, where he came from, like his roots, but like there's some heaviness in there for sure. But there's just song after song on this Emotion is Dead record, Into the Dark, uh, to the tune of 5,000 Screaming Children. We're at the top of the world. Is patience still waiting? If I told you this was killing you, would you stop? Just song after song, we're like... I hadn't listened to the record probably in five plus years. At least not all the way through with, with being intentional about it. But, um, like, every single word of every single song just streams right back. And I could sing along. And so, that's one of the things I've been listening to. A second thing, uh, yeah, I'll mention it. Um, I uh, was listening to the the Long Winters. I think it was just yesterday, actually. Um, their song "The Commander Thinks Aloud," and I love that song so much. And I can't even put my finger exactly on what it is about that song, but there's something that's very special about about the song and the way that he wrote the lyrics from the perspective um, of uh, the commander of the, is it, it was either Space Shuttle Columbia or what was the other one in the in the 80s that, that uh, crashed on um, re-entry? Was it Columbia? Wait, there were two that crashed on re-entry? One, one of them crashed, crashed on re-entry. The re Challenger crashed when it was taking off. It's, okay, it's so Columbia. this song... The Columbia was the one that was on re-entry, and that's what this song, The Commander Thinks Aloud, is about. And I just def just get those two mixed up. I was super, super young, or not even alive during Columbia. But anyways, the song, uh, The Commander Thinks Aloud, just, it's just a special song. And I, li I literally listened to it uh, four times in a row. I didn't even listen to the whole album, just one, one song on repeat the other day. And it just, it, it makes me feel different in, in a bad good way compartments I'm gonna pass it back on to Mike uh, and he's gonna be selfless and take Aaron's turn. Just I love that. I will take that. I also give you a little tidbit of the trivia because I feel like we think all those those space shuttles, like all those disasters were a long time ago. This might blow your mind a little bit. The space shuttle Columbia exploded on February 1st, 2003. No. Yes, no. it did. Wow. Was the Challenger at least super long ago? Yeah, yeah. The Challenger yeah, was in 80, 86. Oh, okay. so the Challenger was in the 80s and the Columbia's more recent. Okay. All right. Just like, whoa, I guess we were in college and we weren't paying attention to anything in the real world. All right. Well, I do actually want to hear from Aaron. What's uh, What's been on the playlist? You do? <laughs> Are you sure? Well, 
Mike was half right uh, when he said death by stereo. I did listen to a lot of death by stereo in the last week, but I also have been listening to public enemy quite a bit. And as you know, I've been like experimenting with hip hop and rap. And I still don't know the difference between the two. Maybe I'll figure it out someday. Maybe yeah. there's not, I don't know. Anyway, I'd have to ask the um, guys on rap, rap pod, dad bod. Da- yeah. Dad, oh, that's dad a bod good. rap pod. Sorry. Ooh. Should we Maybe look they into can help a you. crossover episode with those guys? Yeah. Yes. I will. Just to clarify, uh, the, the, the dad bod rap pod, are, uh, it's a, a hip-hop podcast. Um, it's a couple of guys that are on the uh, Pantheon podcast network that we're also a part of. And so we've been connecting with a few more of those groups, and it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Anyways, um, back to my experimentation with hip-hop. Um, so when we were talking to Dan... Um, on Monday I don't remember exactly oh we're talking about collaboration we talked about um, Public Enemy and Anthrax right did a melding of artistry anyways that made me think Public Enemy maybe I should check them out and I did and they put out two songs like the two most recent that I've like come across are uh, the Fight, Fight the Power 2020 they basically took the original Fight the Power, brought in some awesome guests um, that they featured, and like updated the lyrics to be very relevant to our current times. But I think my most favorite is uh, State of the Union, and I think I listened to that song probably 20 times in the past four days. Maybe more, I'm not entirely sure. But I just love the way that they describe like basically what our current administration is like in this very well it's relevant and is it anti-authoritarian oh it's very anti-authoritarian so you love imagine that i love that but uh no i mean they they make these very um good comparisons to like kind of some of the things that are coming on to some of the things that went on back in like the 1930s and 1940s and, uh, you know, kind of contrasting that with, like, comparing history to our current day. And it's just phenomenal. And I'm probably going to listen to more public in the future. Dan will, Dan will be proud to know. Hey everybody, this is Aaron. Before we get started with the interview, we'd like to encourage all of you to go check out Death by Stereo's new album, We're All Dying Just In Time. This was released August 7th of 2020, and on that same day, Zebrahead, which is one of Dan Palmer's other bands, also released an instrumental version of their album, Brain Invaders. So go check those out, and we hope you enjoy this interview because we really had a good time making it. How's it going, man? What's happening? Good. Yeah, so I'm Aaron, and you can see Mike and Jesse are here with us. We're the uh, the punk tree. But now that I think of it, maybe that should be the punk three. Punk three. Punk tree three. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah, a good you, one, Aaron. Uh, good one. Oh, are you, are you I, drinking water, Dan? Am I drinking water? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. you drank water. Oh, uh, no, it's a straight Jägermeister. See, that's... <laughs> oh, okay, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what I was expecting. Actually, I'm going to get a beer. Fuck that shit. Right I am too. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you drinking there this is a modern times uh collab that they did since uh covid started oh nice yeah i got a homebrew homebrew 
Damn. Number of, yeah. I'm drinking I'm, uh, this, uh, this uh, fine uh, exotic beer here. It's from this place called Mexico. It's called Love Modelo. It. It's pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imported. I like it. Imports. Yeah. yeah. You know, fancy it's, imports. It's kind of fancy in these parts here in Orange yeah. County. When you're a professional musician, you can afford imported beer, right? Yeah, you know, all the, making the big bucks here, especially with not touring and stuff. No touring. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I let my cigars, I usually spark it up with a flaming $100 bill, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Man, um, we're gonna have to send you. Uh, we're gonna have to send you one of the punk tree koozies. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do. Hell yeah. We'll have to send one your way. We'll get your address and ship it out to you. Do you, if you, have, you know the the company Beer Savage? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. Yes, they have a koozie. It's like a, it's um like a um, beer bong koozie. It's got a little thing where you hit the switch. It's a party switch, so it fucking busts a fucking hole in the beer. So you can shotgun the beer. Fucking really, the yeah. koozie the into the koozie. Wow. I mean, this is why we all are pushing our children into STEM education so they can engineer. Yeah. Auto mm-hmm. shotgunning beer. Cookies. Technology is really great. It really is. You know, it's kind of funny and rich. Like, you're going to have that as a koozie. Like, a koozie, usually, oh, because I'm going to drink my beer for a bit and keep it cold. Exactly. But I'm going to put it in this koozie, pop this, and take it off right away and fucking sh- shotgun it. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's kind of <laughs> counterproductive, but you know, fuck it, it's fun. My <laughs> new favorite, I was with a friend yesterday, and he had a koozie shaped for the seltzer cans. Oh, really? It was like a long, thin, kind of like <sighs> oh. like, need, like a needle dick koozie. A little bitch koozie or something for the white cloth? <laughs> and yeah, yeah and, this, was, and, this is the, and this is a straight person that you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it was my most right-wing friend. Oh, really? Oh, that's Perfect. surprising. Yeah. He, only, he likes to drink it because it's called White Claw. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a white. claw makes him feel good. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Tough. Oh, man. He probably complains about liberal tears while he's drinking his little... Oh, little, yeah, yeah. 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 Fucking sports are claw. dead to mm-hmm. me now. I can't <laughs> yeah, watch sports right. anymore. Yeah. It's fucking tough. Life's <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So how you doing, man? You doing all right? Good, man. I've been, uh, been trying to stay busy in, during these times. I've uh, just been trying to write a lot of music, kind of collaborate with a lot of different people. I'm pretty cool. Um, Zebrahead released a new record, which is an instrumental version of an, a record we released last year called Brain Invaders. This by Stereo oh, really? released a brand new record of new music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah which is cool. And it's funny, yeah, both those cool. records uh, were released on the same day. And then uh, we've got another project called Fear No Empire that's released a new single. And we have an EP coming out, and that's with a, a drummer of Death by Stereo, a couple of the guys from Zebrahead. Yeah. All right. And then um, what else have been done? Oh, yeah, I worked on a 10-foot pole acoustic record, and that's a single for that just came out. Yeah, yeah you're playing, like, lead guitar over the new track, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the fancy Spanish-style guitar. Well, that's what you studied, I think, I read, too. Like, you yeah, I took a classical guitar in, in uh, college. Very cool. pretty cool. We were, you know, we were mostly... We were mostly all all on top of the the Death by Stereo release. Uh, we actually oh, got yeah. toge- we actually got together in person. Don't tell on us and and yeah. uh, watched the uh, live stream together. Oh, that's awesome! In my backyard, we were that's, outdoors yeah. in my backyard. But we, that's what we mm-hmm. were like messaging you while we were watching it. Like, oh really? Yeah, we yeah. had it blasting. We didn't realize how late it was, but we were like watching it projected on my back wall of my house. Oh, it's killer! With like speakers blasting, it was it was great. I'm sure your neighbors love you. Uh, yeah well we did a, a long run there too because we did death by stereo and then one of the under oath streams 
and then uh, Authority Zero, too. So we had a, a pretty full night that night. That was all the same night? We did. We put uh, our own, like, festival. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's fucking so great. It's so like a real even, show, kind of. Yeah. yeah. You didn't even know, but we had some opening bands for you guys. We that's cool. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Under Oath, for opening up for us. We appreciate it, guys. Yeah, Under Oath mm-hmm. opened for you guys. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we're we will, uh, Switch to Under Oath opening for that by Stereo. It's a rough, yeah. rough time. <laughs> we, uh, we'll send your thank you to Aaron Gillespie. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So uh, tell him uh, I'm kind of upset that he was, he was drinking my whiskey while we were playing, you know, backstage. And uh, uh-huh. he gave me a bottle of whiskey. That's not really cool, bro. Perfect. Yeah, no problem. We'll tell him. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, one thing we always do when we, we hang out with somebody on here is yeah. just ask them about like what they have been listening to. Because we talk, most of our shows, us talking about the music we like and love and we bicker right. about it and share. Uh, okay. But it's always awesome just to hear what, what other guys are listening to. Um, lately, uh, what am I saying? I mean, it depends on my mood, like what, what am I going through? Lately, I've been listening to a lot of gypsy jazz, which is like Manuish, it's kind of like Django Reinhardt type of stuff. But that, that's usually like, Really, really late night type of listening. And then um, I've also, like, as far as punk stuff, uh, I like the new Paris record. It's pretty good. It's pretty ripping. Um... always like listen to old classics like you know I listen to, like the bus cox or something or if i'm working out i'll put on you know slayer or pantera or at the gates Like guitar-wise, I've been working on Flight of the Bumblebee, trying to get that up to speed. So I've been listening to a lot of classical stuff. And then, you know, just because it's like, you know, so much time doing stuff, you know what I mean? Like just going to, oh, I'm going to come up with some challenge, like guitar challenges. Okay, I'll work on Flight of the Bumblebee up to speed. I always want to play that, you know, up to speed, note for note, and all that nonsense. You know, uh, I you know it's kind of weird. I got into uh, Mac Miller. A friend played me a Mac Miller record. Yes. Yeah. People don't realize. It's oh fucking, my. He's so fucking good. Dude, it's like how good is a Tiny Desk video? Yeah. Seen the Tiny Desk? Oh yeah. my god. Powerful. And just I just I didn't quite realize like how good the music is too. Like it's you know, um, like I got together with a buddy like a while ago. That uh, that is a song called That's on Me or whatever. And I was like, learned it on guitar. We kind of jam that on acoustic guitar and stuff sometimes. It's cool. Yeah, he's like jumping like forms and stuff. Like people, like people don't realize he has a guitar player that's playing like all these random positions. Yeah, it's a lot and of cool hitting chords. and syncopating. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw some video like he's got Thundercat playing for him and stuff, like mm-hmm. ripping musicians. And a uh, Steve Brunell who used to play in Suicidal. And he's a. Uh, it's funny because I, 
um, he was in suicidal when Death by Stereo tour with him in Europe. And I remember like he he has all he, he was all about like he's all, he had a Thundercat sticker on his face. So yeah, I like Thundercat. I'm like oh okay, and he had a Thundercat watch or whatever. Well, that's cool, man. And then all of a sudden he's fucking massive. You know, he's playing with fucking Snoop Dogg and shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's better to step up from suicidal, you know. But yeah, it's, he's fucking amazing. Yeah. Okay, we caught it in the breeze, but the breeze ain't blowing like me, motherfucker. Hold up. You don't need to hold up. And I can show you what it seems, what it is, what it truly might be, nothing that you know of. That's something I've like appreciated about you in hearing music, but then also well, looking at some other stuff you've done. Knowing yeah. you're going to talk to you is just like the eclectic world that you're bringing to this. Right. I think sometimes, you know, on a way lower level, like Jesse and I have played in bands, Aaron's played in the band in high school kind of stuff. And everybody thinks we're just slamming chords on a guitar. Right. And, and they don't always understand that that's an arrival point. But right. there's like all this other stuff going on that leads to that time on the stage you know kind of thing yeah totally you know it's funny because I, I like to warm up backstage and stuff sometimes people hear some of the stuff i'm playing if i'm playing like some classical stuff or trying to like work at some you know weird gypsy jazz stuff and everybody's like you know oh you're gonna put put that incorporate that into one of your songs or whatever i'm like uh no i'm not but like i just, the reason i like to learn different styles of guitars because it's it'll give me a different perspective if i'm gonna write like a death by stereo song or something else maybe i'll throw a chord in there that one normally thought of, but because I've got into like gypsy jazz or some kind of classical stuff, you know what I mean? It kind of, it'll shape me in a different, different way. And kind of, so I can put like more of an interesting twist on it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like bands that are, see like a punk band is only influenced by other punk bands. It's kind of like, it's like a limited scope, you know? Yeah. Like I've always liked bands like the, like the clash I thought were fucking amazing because they incorporate all these different styles, even though they still under the realm of being a punk band. You know, it could go like almost dub reggae or disco or, you know what I mean? It's really fucking cool. Yeah. So you do play with like a pretty wide array of people like Zebrahead and Death by Stereo are very different bands. Right. At least like within the punk genre. And then yeah. you played uh, with Ten Foot Pole on Escalating Quickly. Right. Uh, and then you're with um, uh, Billy Bio, right? You yeah. worked on his uh, Feed the Fire. Right? Yeah. So you think having the opportunity to play with such a diverse array of musicians really helps drive that? I think in a way, yeah. It's like, um, I'm a, I always like to be open to playing on with different people and collaborating with different people. And it's like, somebody says, oh, you, would you be interested in doing this? Like, fuck yeah, totally. And like, when I like play with other people, like I, I go in like, okay, what would you like? You know, like for the Tempa Pole record, I would give Dennis like a bunch of different ideas for each song. So I'm like, hey, do you like this? He's like, no, it's kind of too shreddy to this time, kind of more this direction. Okay, here's like four ideas that kind of what you maybe you might be thinking about, you know? And so I try and give people options and, you know what I mean? I'm not like, most guitar players are like, oh, well, I wrote this riff. This riff is fucking perfect as it is and it can't be changed. You know what I mean? You know, it's like... I, I'm, I'm, yeah. But I mean, there's not a whole lot of dudes in the punk world who can get shreddy like you get. yeah. Like, I mean, there's also that technical thing of, like, Jesse's dad, he was in, like, a metal band in, in the, uh, like, late 80s, early 90s, right? Yeah. And so he comes from a world of, like, you know, if you got, if you got, a, if you got a riff, you show it off kind of thing. Right, totally. Like, if you write something, you use it. 
Yeah. And he came over and he goes like, oh, man, that guy's chasing some frets. Yeah. Dude, instead of storm chaser, fret chaser. Definitely. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very great compliment for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I wonder what that's like, you know, and I and I also don't hold anything back against the guitar players who are like, there's nothing wrong with being the three chord guy. Oh, definitely not. That's, that's, that has something to say. Yeah. You just want to turn it up loud and say your thing, right? Like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's a musicianship, though, that's exciting to, to right. other people that, like, are appreciating this thing. And, right. Um, and I just wonder where that lies. Because also, like, whether it's, you know, that new Zebrahead record has some intense lyrics. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I... I it's it's hard to find someone who doesn't have something to say in the last three or four years right you know? totally. but but also like those tracks even their titles are just like whoa like right. i can anticipate this is going to be profound like how right. can you write it you know um like i wonder just what that conversation's like with the bands when you're like yeah i got some chops and we want to have space here yeah for lyricism lyrics to come out there seems to be places for breakdowns and space for other instrumentalists to do their thing as well right what's it like navigating that knowing you can go you know what, what do you call it fret chasing or something like right that? exactly and go play a million a million notes a mile or whatever you know it is like when i was younger like because i've always been into shreddy guitar players like always like you know eddie van halen's my favorite like kind of got me into it and like um and of course i like i love ingve and like you know a lot of cool shreddy stuff and when I was younger, I kind of like wanted to play more because I felt like oh, I got some to prove. But now getting like, like writing more songs and playing along, you know, more and more, I'm starting to realize like, you know, less is more. You know, sometimes you just play a couple chords if it's for the song, if it's like the right chord, you know what I mean? And like, so when you do play something shreddy or something kind of more technical, it'll shine far more than if you just jam in like a fucking million notes at people, you know what I mean? And it's just like, for, and I've come to realize like, you know, that for songs, I mean, the, the vocals are the most important thing. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you got to, I like to write around the vocals. And lately I've been doing things where, you know, before I even write a guitar solo for a song, I want to hear what the chorus is. So I can maybe write a solo that'll kind of help the chorus or help whatever, mm. you know, verse line, help that shine more so. So in general, so the song just sounds better rather than just like, okay, I'm playing this ripping guitar riff, you know? Because I can also think, like, who am I playing for? Am I playing for a room full of nerdy guitar players? Or if I'm just going to play for somebody who knows nothing about, like, actually playing music, but just enjoys music. And I feel like I get more satisfaction out of impressing somebody who doesn't play any instrument whatsoever, not in any music scene. Say they're like a bank teller at fucking Chase or whatever. And they like to go on the weekends and fucking rock out. And, like, that's the person I want to be able to impress rather than, like, oh, the shreddy guitar player. Yeah, and odds are pretty good that like when you are playing for a crowd, you're definitely you you've got both of those people in there. You've got the people that are that 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 know the technical stuff that appreciate that, but then also the guys that might be easier to impress, like the bank tellers. Odds are pretty good that your audience is both of those people most of the time. Yeah, that's if I'm going to try and impress anybody, I want to if I can get a, a mixture of both, then I feel like I'm you know I'm doing doing my job. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and yeah. that's you know we're watching that that live stream the other day, and like. Aaron is a lifelong diehard Death by Stereo fan. You guys have been mentioned on more than half of the episodes on our podcast. Like, oh, thank you very much. That's probably so true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I 
have liked the Mysterio since, you know, here and there along the way. I like mm-hmm. Zebrahead's last record quite a bit, actually. Thank you. But I'm also looking past you on the stage trying to see, like, like what's racked behind that guy. Like, oh, they're going to the side. I know he's got a whammy because I hear you drop off at the end of songs with that. Like, yeah. It's obvious that that's on the board. What else is on the board? I'm trying to like sneak the peek as the camera pans. To the oh, the ca- oh, the pedal yeah, board, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm I'm trying to look at the pedal board. I always like doing that too. When I hear a guitar player, I'm like, all right, what's he playing through? What is that? You know. <laughs> um, and that, I think that is a compliment that you know you have like somebody who just wants to like rock out. Yeah, and somebody else. Oh, there, Jesse's lifting up his pedal board that's on the floor in front of him. Right, totally. And you, and you have somebody else who's just like, man, how? What is going on right there? Like right. that, that sustain is crazy. Or he just like modulated to Kingdom Come on something, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we got the, we we're getting that a lot, especially on that new record. Like it really is there. Like both oh. things are there. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, as far as the pedal board, like. I like to keep it super simple. I mean, I play, I have like the whammy pedal, which I like to, you know, do the trickery with that. I have a wah pedal. Um, sometimes use a little bit of a delay and that's it. And the noise gate and tuner, that's all I use. I don't use any extra distortions or whatever. I just use EVH amp distortion. And it's, I kind of like to, the, I think the more simple a pedal board is, like it, it, make, it makes you focus more so when you're playing. Yeah, I was going to wonder just how you deal with all that gain in your hands. Because it, it seems like you would end up having to control so much just right here. Like dialing, muting, right. controlling so much right on your hands. Right. Which is pretty impressive because you've got gain coming out of your ass. I mean, it's like it's <laughs> exploding. Right. I mean, for the most part, like the when I'm playing just rhythm stuff, I like to stay on the blue channel. And the blue channel is pretty gainy. But when the when I go to solo, I crank out on the red. <laughs> And I usually, I crank the fucking gain, of course. So it's like super buttery. Yeah. And I also like to, uh, I usually like to solo on the, the neck pickup and kind of pump the mids. So it's like, okay. it's not as tinny, but it'll cut through. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, because the, the rhythm guitar is like maybe more sharp, more trebly, but I throw it on the neck pickup and just kind of. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it's, it doesn't, it's not as bitey. It's more of a mid-range tone. But that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah. It's what sounds it's supposed good. Supposed to push it back. And... <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be more trouble. Yeah, no, not bad. Yeah, not... that's awesome, man. Yeah, and it's, it it feels better that way too. Yeah. Okay. So you're letting the amp go, but you're using the guitar to control. That's what I was feeling. Like that's what yeah. I was hearing. I guess it was just right. it was here that the, the control is I mean, happening. I'm, I'm like a lot on the toggle switch. You know what I mean? Like okay, you know, put a solo, put it on the you know, the old neck pickup. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I just said like the way it sounds. You know what? Actually kind of taught me that we did a um record and Rebecca Rowitz came in you know from Bad Religion mm-hmm. and he's the one who because he um I really like the solo one like Sorrow You know what I mean? Like, cool. Huh. You know? And he's like, yeah. and he was like, yeah, that tone of what I did is like, I used the neck pickup. You should try the neck pickup for solos. I'm like, oh, okay. And like, fucking sure enough, I'm like, yeah, that's just, that sounds fucking good. I mean, he, he's recorded a fucking ton. He's always been like a hero of mine. You know what I mean? Because I've always loved Bad Religion. I'm like, well, fucking Brett says it's good. He knows what he's talking about. And sure enough, yeah. that's, 
That's one of the have reasons. You, uh, have you ordered the book or have you got the, the new book at all? The, the Bad Witching book? Yeah. No, I haven't. Is it good? So Do What You Want just came out. I, I actually, it's my, my friend's husband wrote the book. Oh, really? Uh, um, so I'm waiting because I asked him to give me a copy that he wrote in. And so I'm going to oh, nice. get that from him. Um, but I'm excited to read it. I, he, he's hanging out with him for a long time, all around the world, just kind of cruising around with him, capturing the story. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be really, really good. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I've always, I mean, Bad Legends always been one of my, my favorite bands, like one of the punk bands I really got into. Yeah. You know, there's actually a, I don't know if we'll mention the book, but there's a, you know, because I'm kind of older or whatever, I guess I'll age myself here. Like, <laughs> um, There's actually a video um, of a show called the North Hollywood Theater Show, and it's, it ended up being a riot. And it was in North Hollywood, and it was 1990. My, you know, my buddies and I were in high school, like, hey, let's go see Bad Legends. We get there. And the show sold out. Like, fuck, what are we gonna do to get in? And we're like, fucking, you know, just like shitty kids or whatever. So like, yeah, let's go around the back, see if we can sneak in. So we went out the back and there was it was kind of like this, you know, emergency exit door, but it had a little give. So my buddy and I were like fucking pulling up on it and we ripped the door open. And so we went down, we went in, went downstairs, like no effects was backstage. They look up at us like, <laughs> like, hey, are you guys supposed to be here? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. We're fucking, we're looking for Jim. You know, he's made something up, you know, because no back Pennywise, Bad Legend, like, and it's like, oh, okay. And we walk up, Pennywise on stage, and we just ran up, and we just did stage dives to get in the crowd. We're like, fuck, we got in. Perfect. And, and then the problem is, like, there was people behind us that followed us, too. And so they, they kept following us. And, like, and then the fire department showed up, and they said, oh, everybody sit down, because you want to do, like, see what the capacity's like. And they said, oh, the show's over. So everybody starts ripping the seats up. They're fucking ripping seats up. They're fucking smashing the soundboard. Like, it's fucking chaos. And we start fucking everything up. Like, even one of my friends, like, we go, like, outside and he punched, like, the display case. Because it was, like, an like actual kind of a movie theater thing. And he broke his hand punching the, the fucking display case. You know, he's being a shithead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, and he got, like, kind of lost from us because we go outside. They were, like, hosing people down and stuff. And we had to run out. And uh, he ended up. We ended up getting a ride home. We didn't know what to do because we had to leave. All the cops were coming. And he ended up getting a ride home from the drummer of Bad Religion because he was, like, left out. Like, guys, oh, hey, man, where, where do you live? I'll give you a ride. And it was like, well, I'll give him a wow. ride. Yeah. Um, they talk about that riot in the uh, the Hepatitis Bathtub, the oh, really? No Effects biography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to hear uh, your take on that because, like, and right. they, they talk about, like, uh, Smelly had just bought a new, like brand, not brand new truck, but a new truck. Yeah. And so he like, he had to fight a bunch of people, I guess, and like risk and like knocked on the head of the rocks and stuff to try to get in there and get his truck out. Cause he had like literally just bought it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's fucking shit up everywhere. It just like all of a sudden, you know, every smashing shit there, you know, just whatever they could do to fucking break stuff. You know what I mean? It was yeah. going on everywhere. <laughs> And I was like, kind of. It was like, like a common thing in the punk scene back then, right? Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, well, it's like fucking, like, yeah, fuck shit up, and, you know, fuck everything, this and that. And you yeah. just confessed to basically being part of the problem for why that place was over capacity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your fault. I, I, I don't. I just tell friends that story. I haven't really told a podcast or anybody that story, but like, <laughs> I want bad religion. I'm like, oh, that reminds me. And there's, there's actual video on the about that show. It's called a you know some kind of like bootleg video. And I had a copy of it. Like, I had a VHS copy because I, I walked by it. I'm in it for like two seconds. Wait, look, there I am. Fucking, I swear I was there. You know, there's me. And I had like this 
you know, full skater haircut, like kind of Tony Hawk looking thing. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I, I think you have immunity if you confess stuff like that on a podcast that makes no money, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we, have, we haven't sold. We yeah, haven't sold enough Adam and Eve yet. We got to sell <laughs> some more Adam and Eve before we're going to make enough money. To yeah, right. Care. Wait, hold on. Let's uh, let's pause for an advertisement. <laughs> no, let's not. No, let's not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> well, what's funny though is if that was in 1990. Yeah. So like. Nobody could have expected how enormous those bands were going to become really quickly. Because right. in like yeah. two years, they were selling out massive festivals. Yeah. And I think like, I remember like, room, it was like, I'm thinking like 800 to 1,000 cap room or something like that. You know, it's like a yeah. kind of like a movie theater turned into a venue, you know? Right. But I would say like by 92, 93, if you had Bad Religion, No Effects, Pennywise. Yeah. It'd be fucking enormous. It would, I mean, you could sell out of crazy green in Finland. Like you yeah. could go anywhere and you would be like three nights at the Palladium as opposed to like, right. That. Right. So yeah. like, you know, like nobody knew at that time that this thing was about to just, just go yeah. crazy. Pop off. Yeah. It was kind of, I mean, during that time it was like right on the cusp where everything went fucking crazy. You know, I remember going to the Hong Kong cafe. I mean, I was in this punk band uh, called walk proud and they were on new age records. I'm like, Oh, let's go see walk proud. And like, well, who's playing, who are they playing with? Uh, they played with some band called uh, The Offspring. I'm like, okay. So we went and checked them out. And to see, there was probably like 40 people at the show. You know, it was like, and like, it was like, we saw Walk Proud, like, watched like a song or two Offspring, and my friends, oh, let's go, man. Fucking, I don't want to watch Offspring. All right, take off. And then all of a sudden, they're fucking, you know, it's the fucking Offspring, you know? Yeah. Next thing you know, they're like the poster boys of MTV. Yeah, that, that was before they were pretty fly, even for white guys. Oh, right? man, exactly. Well, even uh, because Smash came out like really shortly after that, right? It was only a couple of years 95, right. four or five, uh, 94. 95 or six. I think it was 94. 94? Yeah, uh, I, I know someone who could tell us. Yeah, because they called it Google. Dear, Sarah, uh, look at my, my library. Right is it a lifeline right here? But that, I mean, that is. <laughs> Because <laughs> we always, like, I think we've established here that, like, the moment when it just went, when it went big was, like, Punkorama came out. Yeah. And when the comp dropped and then everybody was like, what? And right. They needed, and they needed every record that was on there. Right. <clears throat> and then it just was, like, an exponential growth kind of thing. Yeah. Just, um, I, I remember seeing right a, when I saw Bad Legend at the Palladium and Green Day was opening up. And they were even saying, like, hey, we have a new record coming out, like, it's going to be on a major label and there's a boom, you know, cause all the punks at that time. Like, yeah. so don't worry. It's the same shitty three chords that we always do. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny, you know, but we might <laughs> actually make a few bucks. Yeah, exactly. And fucking, now it's fucking, you know, it's green. Yeah. Fucking We're going to invent black and red and then everybody's <laughs> just going to buy all our crap. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy. But it's cool seeing, like, I mean, actually punk progress and, and actually do well. Because I, I like when bands can actually stay together. If they make money, they stay together, you know? Yeah. Like that I, has the whole, been the thing. Like the whole punk thing, like, oh, the band's too big, you know, fuck them. Like, dude, you don't even want your fucking favorite punk band to, to be able to make enough money to keep together. You know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. cool. that's not a bad thing. And if they're no, popular, I, it's because they're good, you know? Absolutely. Like one of the bands that we, uh, one of my favorite bands, I think a lot of us love them is Propagandi. Yeah. And you know, that, that's the story there of like towing a line, ne- like never really giving in. 
Yeah. Like they never really gave in. They never, they didn't do, you know, they didn't, they didn't go MTV, right. but they also found a way to make it through. Right. You know, that's really hard to do. Yeah. And so totally. when you have a band like the offspring and they write pretty fly, a lot yeah. of people got pissed. Totally. But a lot more people bought their record. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's, Aaron's shaking his head like, "Yeah, seriously," because he was one of those people. You were one of the ones. It was, yeah. it was around that time that I stopped listening to The Offspring. Yeah, I, I, I was it, one man. of those guys. I get it, yeah. but also they could pay for their kids' like school clothes, man, or whatever. Like, yeah, right, you know, they got to put food on the table, and if you're gonna get some celebrity out of it, I'd rather them do it than a bunch of the douchebags that get famous. Yeah, totally. You know, it's kind of hard just to get along today. Our subject isn't cool, but he fakes it anyway. He may not have a clue, and he may not have style, but everything he lacks, well, he makes up in denial. So don't even fake. Play us straight. You know, he really doesn't get it anyway. Yeah. They also. Main Dexter had Nitro Records, so they kind of reinvest back into the punk scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. He also helped yeah. AFI kind of come up, like, by mm-hmm. like covering the total immortal song, you know what I mean? For and that kind of helped him, you know. I mean, yeah, if I was already doing well, but I think Austin did kind of help a little bit with all that, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of a cool thing, you know. They didn't really necessarily have to do that. In a similar way, I think Fat Mike has been kind of like that too. Yeah, like I think there's there's been that reinvestment. Totally. I mean, yeah. playing, you know, it's got. I mean, all the different Fat Records bands. I mean, not every band that they have on Fat Records is like a massive seller. But I think it's because oh, I really like this band, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Fat Mike only signs. He, he has the liberty. You know, he's wealthy now. He's right. one percent. He's got the the <laughs> liberty to just sign anyone that he wants. He said that. I've seen him in a... Um, yeah, I know, he's hilarious. They were playing at a protest it. thing and he was yeah. making jokes about he was in the 1% and no one else was. But he was yeah. also there supporting protests for the... Um, what was that? The Occupy Wall Street. Oh, Occupy Wall Street. That's kind cool. of a, yeah. a weird docu- decon- Little fat dichotomy. Thing. Yeah. Did you see what he did today on Cam no. He was on Instagram today. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say this. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> on Cameo today, he's like, you know, you, you can like basically come in on Cameo uh-huh. and you can like show up into somebody's meeting or you can show up and talk on somebody's call. Yeah. Somebody asked him to come in and fire somebody for them. And oh, so really? Fat Mike was on Instagram today <laughs> firing an employee for somebody. But then he <laughs> turned on the employer and he was like, and I just want you to know you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say he's also used he's also used some of his wealth like I've, I've same thing on Instagram I see him he takes videos of, of himself going out into the streets and finding homeless people and, and making sure they have uh, clean needles. Oh wow! Well, and, yeah, you know, that wasn't uh, that was like an organization that he started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that that was that's not like he's just walking around giving out the dirty needles. Well, yeah. that's yeah, what he, absolutely. That's what, sure, it's 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 a real organization, but I'm saying like. Yeah. His videos are just, it just looks like him doing it casually. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go, buddy. There's a clean needle. Hopefully he put some drugs in it, at least for him. You know, oh. he's still all out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He should give him like a testing kit so they know they're not using crappy yeah. drugs, right? Yeah. I mean, the good drugs. Half-assing it. 
might as well make it clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Drug, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, you got to make sure your drugs are good. You know, make them quality, you know? <laughs> God damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, um, I don't know if we want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the record that just came sure. out. Oh, um, yeah. Which one are we talking about? But I know we... Uh, Death oh, by Stereo uh, put one out August 7th. Um, yes. And it was it was pretty darn good. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Sorry, good. I glitched out for a second there. Okay. Um, yeah, the record came out August 7th. Uh, we got to check it out, you know, in its live form. Um, yeah. I think we actually... I, I heard the live stream before I listened to the album. Oh, okay, cool. Because, like, yeah. <clears throat> and um, I I mean, maybe it's because I saw it live first, but the intensity of it all. Yeah. Um, it was very matched in the recording. I, I think, like, it was totally there. Uh, I also, I just was wondering, like, when that project was recorded and finished in terms of, like, a lot of things that have been happening like some social things and other stuff that's been happening. Right. Um, that I, I mean, and I was hearing some things and reading some lyrics, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like what was the process there and having released it in a global pandemic when you can't go play shows must've been like a very unusual way to do this. Cause right now you guys would be on the road. Like I'm, I'm assuming you'd be like touring the album. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because like we, we'd spent a lot of time like kind of recording that record Like we kind of, we kind of had a bunch of demos. We kind of jumped in like, okay, let's go record this. And then everything took a really long time, like getting it together. But because we didn't record it all in one block, we'd be like, Oh, it's a little bit here and there, you know, this and that. So it's kind of took a, it was started, I think we started like last January, we started recording the record. I mean, that's how much we lagged on it. And we also pushed back the release date, hoping things would open up sooner so we could start kind of touring sooner. You know, so I think initially we were supposed to release it like in May, like, oh, let's push the record back because, you know, we were told like things would open up like in September time. So we had a tour booked in Canada, actually was strung out. I'm like, oh, well, it'll oh. coincide with that tour. It'll be fucking cool. We'll fucking do that, you know. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's we're, we're not doing anything, you know, like no shows are happening. So yeah. it's kind of oh. hard because usually when you're you know. going to be able to go on tour, you know, we it sucks because we had like European tour dates booked and stuff, all these different things. We had Japan booked. It's like, fuck, that's, that's all not happening, you know? Yeah. Is any so, of that going to happen? Is any of that just postponed? It's postponed until next year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the way things have been going, it's just like, I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Like, we all thought like it would be, we'd be able to kind of go out and do things by now. And, and it's still, things are still weird, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, it's, like, the streaming thing was cool. And like, it was fun to do it. It's like, oh, we actually get to play and do something. It was kind of weird. We're running around. And like we had like two friends, like, you know, we had our friend Dan Jacobs, like kind of like, you know, be the host of the show. And he's there with one of his buddies. And like we just and that was it. Like that's all the people like we're really in the crowd for us, you know. So we weren't really supposed to have any friends there. So we're just like, oh, we're just we're running around. We're just and we're playing to like the fucking people working at the, uh, the, the set, the social sanctuary set or whatever. Did that feel weird, like putting on a live show with no audience there to sort of like feed off of? Yeah, it was weird. But then again, I'm just like, ah, this is fucking fun. You know what I mean? Like, we've been yeah. playing a long time and just, just running around like, yeah, this is a good time, you know? So it's, 
it just made the most of it, you know, and just, you know, just, we know that people, just knowing that people are out there is kind of in a way like, all right, we, we know people are out there. So we just kind of had, I like, for me personally, I had that in my mind, like, oh, okay, you know, I got friends and people out there that, that are actually watching it right now. So I'm like, okay, I just thought about them rather than like, oh, I'm playing this like empty, desolate room with all like in this warehouse. Or no. Yeah, we were wondering how empty it really was. Like, if if there was, you know, people brought their families or some their friends, a couple friends or something like that. No, so we didn't. didn't know. There was nobody. Wow, <laughs> and wow. We weren't supposed to bring anybody. Ooh. And like, we walk in and they did a thing like they kind of, uh, I guess, like sterilized the gear. Like they were spraying it down with stuff and they took our temperature. The whole thing, you know. And like we had certain ways we had to walk in out of places. Like it's kind oh, of wow. really well organized. Yeah, we were what, told, was the, like, what was that venue that you guys were at? It's this thing called Social Sanctuary. It's basically this warehouse, and they were the um, they've mainly been doing DJs, and kind of I think we were one of the first like actual like live bands to do it. So that's what the crazy video set up. It's like looked amazing just in that front, but that's more I guess equipped for like, DJs. So yeah, the video was pretty cool. Like that yeah, background, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was stoked. I'm like, oh, that looks way better than I thought it would. You know, I was like, yeah, well, this is almost too nice for us. What the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it did <laughs> look banner, like so good, polished. Good. Yeah, oh, totally. yeah. Well, it was, this, this looks way better than we sound. You know, <laughs> wow. but yeah, it was cool. It's, I mean, certain things that were only different were like because they're used to DJs. So I had like this tiny monitor, like this big. I'm like, oh yeah, can you? So can you turn the guitar down? I'm like, well. So when I get the monitors going, I'm like, dude, this it's like a 12 inch speaker. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna have to turn up a bit. You know, like stuff yeah. like that. You know, because with DJ stuff, it's just super easy. One out XLR out of the mixing mm-hmm. cord, and they fucking crank it. And they have and, headphones on. Yeah. So it's, I mean, like, yeah. sound that's a lot easier. You know, rather than like a, a live band. So a couple of kinks like that, but other than that, it was a really cool yeah. experience. Jesse loves when uh, sound guys tell him to turn his amp down. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know what you're trying to poke at. I'm not. I'm not combative. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing that with you know. Some guy, I okay, turn it, it down. You go up. I go pretend that I turn. Where he goes? Yeah. I come him. He's like, okay. Cool. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I didn't turn it down at all. It's <laughs> the <laughs> placebo effect. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I turned down the other channel. <laughs> yeah, the channel I'm not even using. Fuck you, sound guy. <laughs> I turned down the built-in reverb that I'm definitely not using. Yeah, exactly. I turned it from one to zero. <laughs> Get out of here, yeah. Okay. Um, how how is the album doing? Do you guys have a sense yet of just? It seems to be doing pretty well. Like the we sold out of the the first press of the vinyl before the just on pre-sale, which was kind of cool. Like we didn't nice. think it would even That's do great. that just because like I don't know what the hell's happening, but I think it helps also with not many people releasing that many records kind of helps too you know i think it's that plus people are kind of bored like we don't have much going on so like i know the three of us have been listening to way more music in the past what four or five months right um it's got to be like that across the board and people are like exploring new stuff like i started listening to a little bit of hip-hop yeah i never thought i would do that i'm proud of you (laughs) thank you mike um so i I think in, in some ways it might be working to an advantage. I mean, one thing is like people across the U S and the world could watch the stream of your uh, record release. I mean, it, it's not ideal. Like I would much rather have been 
uh, you know, in the club with you guys. Yeah, Yeah, totally. But, you know, I did get to watch it like six times that week. Which is great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's an upside to it. Yeah. You can rewatch a show like, hey, maybe I was too hammered that night. Or maybe, you know, you can watch it in different states. You know, I'm going to do ecstasy and watch the show. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can fucking change it up, man. Every different experience, every time. And and I think there's something about your loyal fans. Like, I've never bought so much vinyl. I I grew up in a vinyl house, and I've never really stopped. But, you know, those bundles, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for that bundle that that gets a – I want want some vinyl and a – you know, a band we had on the podcast a while ago. This is their logo, which people give me a lot of shit for this logo, by the way. What do you give it? Oh, it's, you know, the American flag with a flame on it, like it's burning. They get okay. a little, oh, what's up I think that, a lot man? of people think it's like the uh, the blue lives flag. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the thin blue line. Like that's automatically what they think it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, is the flames covering the swastika? Is that what's going on? No, no, no. Oh. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I've, been, I've been a sucker for that. Like, yeah. give me the vinyl with the, with the download code and a shirt yeah. or a hat or something. Right. And that's like how much I would have paid to go to your show. And I would have bought it there anyway. Right. You know, you so like, money on drinks. You know, you know about the bar, paying yeah, out prices. Like, you know, you, you want you want me to spend thirty or forty bucks to get your music, and I get to have like something to you know physically. You know, right. I'm a sucker. I got like records on the wall. You can see some of the real. Yeah. Like, you know, I do that. But like, yeah. I think a lot of people are doing that stuff because I'm also seeing like those things being sold out, kind of yeah. all over the place. Like vinyl is selling out. Yeah, this vinyl sold really well. We've even been selling CDs, which I think is weird. Well, that's Aaron. He bought all of them. He bought, he bought a whole CDs? box of yeah. CDs for himself. Got, he... Well, I got the the one signed one. <laughs> oh, thank you. And then sixty or seventy not signed ones. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, for Halloween. No. I got a signed Halloween. one, then I bought a, a download because I was sick and tired of listening to it on Spotify and YouTube. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. But I mean, like the bundle of a live stream plus the signed CD, like. How could you pass that up? And I paid like the same that I would have to go like for one ticket to see you guys down at brick by brick. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing that's kind of cool. Like, I mean, just not going to bars and just how much money I've saved. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's some friends over. I can buy a 36 pack of Tecate or whatever for fucking 22 bucks. You know what I mean? A couple bottles or they bring mm-hmm. beer. It's fucking great. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I would have spent that on like two beers, you know? Right. Not even exaggerating, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's yeah. been really cool. So, you know, I like drinking, so it's been save, saving money for me, you know? <laughs> and it's also just kind of cooler just hanging out with friends. Like, I'll go hang out with a couple friends. Like, motherfucker, well, I don't have to deal with any shitheads at the bar or the bartender being rude or taking forever. I just hang out with who I want to hang out with. And it's like, it's kind of cool. Like, I feel like a more engaged in conversation rather than like you sit there at some you know, public bar and distracted by different people or some different things. TV on or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. <clears throat> you you mentioned writing a lot, and I, I've had this wondering. So the the shutdown quarantine happens, yeah, and and, and we see you know uh, talk about strung out like you know Chris Aiken was releasing those like playthroughs, and yeah, a lot of people were trying to do something on right. social media or you know releasing just with an acoustic guitar playing some of their tracks or playing mm-hmm. an album one night and another one next week. Right. Um, and we kind of saw that. And then it became like, okay, this is taking a while. 
and bands yeah. need to be generating something like something has to happen and so we started to see some records come out now we're getting to the point even where we're seeing people package up some of those you know live stream recordings right to, to be its own product <clears throat> yeah exactly um i just wonder your thoughts like being in the scene like are we about to see here you know at some point a real surge of of not just albums not just bands making albums you already mentioned the 10-foot pole collaboration yeah, right do you feel like that's this huge thing that's coming because i'm really wondering about that like are we about to see just a whole bunch of creativity that percolates up because people are stuck at home, but you can still throw tracks back and forth? Right. I mean, I think this one problem that the punk world, punk and hardcore world has is the lack of collaborations. You look like hip hop and like you're fucking doing all kinds of collaborations. You think of like just even like different rock world, like you know, you see like Paul McCartney team of Michael Jackson for a song, or you know, fucking David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. You know, cool stuff like that. I don't, you don't see that enough in the punk world, you know? And it's, I mean, which is unfortunate, which I'm kind of stoked I get to like, kind of like work with Tampa Pole. Like I'm not in the band, but I'll kind of like help collaborate with them and kind of, you know, which is a cool thing. You know, I wish there was more of that stuff kind of going on. And like, a, like lately I met up with a couple of producer guys and, uh, and then this one guy's name's Brennan Savage. He's kind of like a, almost a like emo trap type of guy. And uh, I worked with him on a song the other night, just kind of because we're just hanging out. And, like, and in that world, it's kind of like everybody collaborates. Oh, I'm going to meet up with this producer, this producer coming in. And they're always, I feel like they're almost more creative in a way, which it helps because they can just produce beats rather than have to have a drum kit. You know what I mean? So we can all sit around a computer and work on music that way. So we can do it any time of the night, anywhere we want, and not have to have a rehearsal space or anything like that because of like, you know, live drums and having to have live, loud amps and stuff. But I've always liked that idea of like, you know, more people kind of working together, you know, and doing songs and stuff. I know like different bands have been doing collaborations for covers. Like, I, I mean, I just did one where we did Ratchild by Iron Maiden. It was like the drummer of Ignite and the guitar player of Ignite, the bass player of Into Another, and I said bass player of Death by Stereo. And that was a cool thing, but it's just a cover. It'd be kind of cool, like, hey, it's all write a song together. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Do something like that. I think that'd be kind of cool as well. But, I mean, I just, I wish there was more openness to that in, like, the, the punk rock world. So, huh. it's just, it's so interesting to be very, very often, this is about overdrive, maybe a couple, slam those chords. Right. And it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's a refreshing thing, I think, to hear this like broader, you know, I don't know. Like I said, maybe a broader story being brought to the music. Right. Or at least a broader musical story being brought to the music. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our podcast is called The Punk Tree and kind right. of the impetus for this was uh, we we have a love for music. Yeah. We come at this from different angles. We've been friends for a long time. We come at it from different angles. Some of us have played more. Some of us are into heavier stuff, lighter stuff. Right. You know, Aaron is now exploring hip hop. 
yeah which uh, is documented now forever um, yep. can't have one of the one of the parts of our name though is just that you know the the punk rock tradition which is a funny word to use but i think it is a yeah. thing because this is, this is a long time coming um and we could trace it back crazy far we could trace back yeah. 100 and something years if we want right. to um we're also interested in just where it's going and you know like we, we kind of got through some kind of hump it felt like in the early 2000s of, of some sort there was this like super hyper commercialization of music that happened right right, right there um, and it feels a little bit like that bubble burst just because of technology it, it burst a little bit because of the ease of recording and, and relatively high quality recording is not inaccessible anymore right um, you, you can find a lot of local bands that are fantastic sounding. Yeah, totally. Um, so one of the things we're wondering, and I'd love to get your take, because I mean, I think it segues perfectly from what you're just saying about yeah. collaboration and, and things change. Like, we really wonder, like, where are we headed? Like, what are the things that are maybe coming to, to our genre or subgenres, genres of music? Right. Um, like, where, where, do you, where do you feel like punk rock is heading? I mean, I'm hoping it's going to go in a direction where people can maybe collaborate more. And kind of like do different takes on things and kind of branch out musically that way. And kind of like, you know, maybe take a few more chances musically where it's not like, you know, the same band putting out the same record every time. You know, I mean, I always like when different bands kind of, you know, they kind of venture off and they do kind of new musical things. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's even on a simple level, like, you know, you listen to Bad Religion Suffer, you know, and then they go to, like, you know, no control them against the grain. It's like, Wow, musically progression from the, the music progression from that like suffer to against the grain it's like very vast and it's like they do a lot of cool things in against the grain they kind of really progress i like that in a band where i you know kind of got into a movement they kind of suffer you know it's a lot more broken down and simple <clears throat> and i just i like when just bands kind of you know, i mean they break out of this stuff i mean even offspring like, they do all that where it's pretty fly for white guy but like i mean they're gonna play you know, the Smash record over and over. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, they've already done Smash. Like, why not do something different? You know, you may not like it, but at least they're trying to do different things and make it, you know, like, I guess more musically interesting and kind of, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned you want to see like the, the more collaborations among punk bands and stuff like that. Do you yeah. more see it like um, sort of what you said, sort of how you just collaborated with, with 10 people? <clears throat> or do you mean like, collaborating like outside of of the traditionally punk genre in, into more uh di different genre collaborations or, or both what did you mean maybe maybe all of it you know like <clears throat> maybe it's like you could like I mean collaborate with more hip-hop dudes you know what i mean like you could do a thing where you know you take something like i don't know bring the noise with anthrax you have anthrax and public enemy you know what i mean like Maybe Anthrax isn't necessarily a punk band, but but kind of more along those realms, and that's a kind of a cool, different collaboration, you know. And it's it, it, it's it's interesting and it's different, and it's kind of bridging both worlds. And honestly, when you think about it, like as far as you know, punk ideals and stuff, Public Enemy is right up there with any other punk band, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we we had a we had an episode with a, a friend of ours named uh, Kwaku a, a few couple months ago. Yeah, and that album came up actually as we were talking. We had an episode kind of on like protest music, right? Uh, or music as protest, and uh, right. yeah, I mean, it's you mentioned earlier that lyrics and the vocal matter. Yeah, immensely, and so like you know, you <clears throat> and trying to argue about whether or not you know <laughs> playing the major or the minor. <laughs> playing right. fast or playing slow uh, makes you right or wrong. Seems kind of crazy sometimes. You know, it's, uh, people always ask me, oh, do you like this, you know, like, you know, kind of like a lot of instrumental music, like Animals as Leaders and stuff like that, which like musically it's very technical, but just an instrumental band. And honestly, like, I just, I can, I can listen to it and appreciate like, oh, the technicality of it. It's awesome. He's like an amazing musician. But I can't sit and just listen to like instrumental music like that because it's like, doesn't really... I don't feel it. You know what I mean? I'd rather listen to something like Thin Lizzy or The Clash, which is a lot more simple, but those mean like it just, it, it, it's easier on the ear for me. You know, even though I'm into like shred guitar and all that stuff, I, I still like, I want to hear vocals. I want to hear a song. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear just wanking on the guitar all, all the time. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that connection we can make with, lyrics that we just can't do with music yeah like, even the best guitars like you can get close like music can evoke emotions in a person mm-hmm. but you don't make the same connection as you do with like strong lyrics right and i think they pair very well like really good lyrics paired with like really strong music like i think death by stereo does this very well like the music backs up those really aggressive in your face lyrics very well oh thank you my pleasure yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly how to respond to that, um, yeah. but, but I mean it, you know, it's something that I've like started to appreciate in the past, I don't know, like 10 years as I've like really explored what art is and like how humans communicate. And, you know, like we talked about shredding earlier and like, I used to love just, Oh, shred, 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 shred. But I, was, right. I started to understand like how the musical instruments can support what we're trying to convey through the lyrics. And, right. Uh, yeah, I think that's very important. And we talked about hip hop and the, the similarities between hip hop and punk. And like, there's a lot of like underground hip hop artists, a lot of underground punk artists that I think would like each other a lot that have no idea that they would like each other. Right. If they even know that they exist. Totally. And not just musically, but literally be friends. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ideologies cross like, in, yeah. in so many ways like the same wavelength of things you know what i mean yeah like, yeah you know right as far as like we're looking for more social justice on certain things and kind of more you know socially aware on certain issues rather than just like i don't know talking about fucking you know making money or banging chicks or whatever you know which is all cool <laughs> all, but you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like punk has always been about like being you know against the greater <clears throat> systems and like trying to i mean it's for the the underground the counterculture right the, the people who are marginalized right and like hip-hop is the same way i think it's just been there's there's been so much of a divide because oftentimes they come from different you know areas in the same city so they don't see things in the same view right i mean it's it's kind of really like the punk world can be very close-minded you know what i mean as as open oh, yeah. as different punk is supposed to be you know what i mean you'll take a band like I don't know. It's like it's a, a band like Attila. You know what I mean? The lyrics about like doing drugs and kind of like on sex and stuff. And people are like, oh, fuck that band. They're like this. But that same person will go listen to like, 
I don't know, fucking Drake or Kanye West, and you're talking about bitches and all this stuff, and all this stuff. But just because that's hip hop, I mean, they'll be okay with those kind of subject matter, talking about bitches and hoes, all that stuff. But like, oh, like a band like Attila does it, and oh, they're fucking ignorant assholes or whatever they are. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. Well, it just, well, because it's, because it's hip hop, they can they can say whatever they want. But punk world, you have to be really, you know, kind of conservative and like, you know what I mean? You can't look at people that way. But like, it's the same person will like both both types of music. But like, but just because it's in the punk world or whatever, like you're supposed to be in this limited scope. You know what I mean? It's like when uh, Henry Rollins used to grow his hair out long just to piss everyone else off because back then, like, all the punks shaved their heads. Right. right? And that was like, even though, like, punk is supposed to be like, you do what the hell you want. Like, no one can tell you how to dress (laughs) or cut your hair or do your makeup. Right. But you have to shave your head. Shave your head. Yeah. You are not punk. Yep. I mean, even look like some of the punks, like, you know, somebody dresses up like they're in GBH or something. And I always make the parallel. Like, well, dude, that guy, like, that's expensive to dress like that. You got to get a fucking bullet belt. You got the boots. You got the <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking bondage pants, all this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, Hot Topic what? is not cheap. No. And it's like, dude, there must be, they're like, like, a, like a fucking smidge away from being like in poison or being a glam guy. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. What's the fucking difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're that fashionable. You know or Michael I mean? Jackson. Like, that's pretty glam. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you're going to make sure your mohawk's perfect. You know, you're fucking, your jean jacket's got the right patches, the right tears on them. It's just like, <laughs> that's, that's just total fashion, you know? Liberty spikes would take at least an hour to yeah. get up. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of work. And to think like, oh, well, fucking poison stupid for doing this. Like, dude, you, you look like you could be in poison. You, you know what I mean? You just used hair glue instead of hair spray. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like, like the <laughs> hair down, you'd be fucking long hair, and you know, in a clam band. You know? And it's been, like, where you're somebody that's supposed to be, eh, fuck you, I don't care about anything. You know, it's not like, oh, you should have spent a lot of time not giving a shit. Yeah. Well, that is perfect. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of hair, uh, which do you think is, is more crucial to the Death by Stereo vibe? Your mustache or your guitaring? Um, uh, definitely my mustache. Okay. Oh yeah, I will say. Um, so I saw you at Brick by Brick back in December twenty eighth. Okay. Of the, and then I saw Death by Stereo in January and at the Viper Room in L A, um, okay. which someone was filling in for you. Oh yes. And I didn't recognize the band at all. Oh. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. But then Ephraim said, I think uh, the guy that filled in for you only practiced like twice with the band, and he yeah. was like. And that's how we do it in Death by Stereo because practice is for pussies. <laughs> and yeah. he said that when I saw you in December as yeah. well. Right. Oh, so anyways, we always say it. When, yeah. I, when he said <laughs> that, I realized that it was Death by Stereo. Yeah. Um, but then I am curious, how true is that? Um, uh, practices I mean, for pussies. I mean, I, I, mean I, I love practicing guitar. I put, like to play guitar every day in there for a long time, so... I guess I'm a total pussy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you're not practicing with the band every day, right? No, don't, don't. So I think you're good. 
Yeah, for sure. Because that's I mean, what he's talking about, right? As a collective whole, we're not pussies, but maybe myself, personally, I might be a personal <laughs> pussy. I mean, F- that I can practice it, so. Ephraim's just taking advice from Alan Iverson. Yeah, Fred, totally, yeah. He just, I mean, but uh, Alan Iverson's, yeah, I don't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, Ephraim, uh, he, he likes to sometimes, you know, kind of take a casual approach at certain things, I guess, you know. Maybe practicing might be one of those things. And it's an easy thing to say when, those you know, maybe boys. we're not playing as well as we should. And we had a, too much, a bit too much to drink before the show. Okay, it was supposed to be like this because you know practices for pussy. I don't know. I'm not a musical expert, but both times I saw the band in the past six months, yeah, you guys were awesome. Oh, I cool. couldn't tell anything was off. Okay. If you had too much to drink, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it was good beer. That's because you had too much to drink, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. No, I was high. <laughs> oh, even better. There he is. <laughs> that's that's why we sound even better. <laughs> No, actually, uh, when I saw Death by Stereo in the Viper Room, yeah. Rob came down off the stage and walked um, to the bar. And I like, I'm high, so I'm kind of mesmerized. And I like, yeah. my eyes follow him like this. And I'm yeah. watching him, you know, someone pours a shot down his throat while he's yeah. playing. Fucking awesome. Yeah. And then I turn like this and Ephraim is right in my face with his hair pulled back, microphone like that. Oh, Freaked shit. me out, dude. Yeah, that. You're like, whoa, dude, fuck. And especially that guy has just such an intense look, like yeah. all the time yeah. when he's on stage. Yeah, he's he's an intense guy. He fucking, I mean, because I've been you know best friends with him for so long. Like usually we go on tour, we share a hotel room. Like it's he and I we share a hotel room, and he's fucking. He, he wakes up and he's a morning person too. So he wakes up, he's all intense. And he wakes up early, <laughs> which is fucking annoying. I'm not a morning person. I like to stay up late and sleep in. Like you know, he wakes up. Hey, what's up, dude? I guess just 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 stop. Just not knock it off right now, dude. I, I fucking let me have a cup of coffee. Just stop with your bullshit right now. You know, because like he's an intense guy. And I'm fucking just getting up first thing. Like just no, just nothing you're saying is important at all. And is he like a get up and exercise guy, or like a get up and write guy, or read? He gets up and just starts doing stuff. It's music. It's fucking shuffling around. Hey, lots of um. Hey, shut the fuck up or get the fuck out. You're being annoying. You know what I mean? His goal <laughs> is to get up and bug Dan. Yeah, and he does it very well. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. So I like to take revenge on him. So I'll come home, like, come to the room super late, all drunk, and just, all oh, right, you know, I'm going to fucking make a big ruckus too. You know, he's going to do it at seven in the morning. I'll do it four in the morning. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's just an intense dude a lot of times. But he's got, uh, love. He's got great energy. Man, this has been great. Dan, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank we do have one last question. So sure. we are, our podcast is the punk tree and this, the idea came out of a late night conversation about kind of the evolution of punk. Right. And it's got like the roots in like rock and roll and stuff. And then you got right. the main branch of punk and then all these subgenres like pop punk, mm-hmm. uh, hardcore, metalcore, Right. So what do you think is going to be the next branch that comes off this tree or that you would like to see? come off this tree maybe like a melding of genres or you know something brand new we may not have ever thought about i don't know i've never really thought about making you do like something like classical music and punk rock i don't know something kind Ooh. of super musically interesting but like with super basic vocals yeah you know, that might be kind of cool i don't know i mean because i always like playing classical guitar and classical music but not playing punk stuff so maybe like for me I, I was, i'd find that interesting i don't know if that might be too nerdy for a lot of people 
if you make the vocals super basic and kind of like have a, some some kind of meaning, it could be a cool thing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Forgive me if I, forgive me if I just missed it. Do you have you released any of that stuff? Like, have you released classical guitar playing? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, that would be cool, man. Like, right. I think you know, I and you, obviously there's a need for you to do this if you don't want to, but I think right now, especially people are so hungry for content that isn't like regurgitated sitcom streaming like there are right. a lot of people that are so hungry for it right that like that might blow people's minds <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know like it just might be like what like no it's a night where you just play for an hour and like you can hang out and watch and that might be an idea yeah tree on yeah. or something yeah like i'll play the curvy enthusiasm theme and then i'll go into you know can uh, uh you talk about love or whatever you know or you do some journey. We got to play a lot of different stuff on the guitar and do all that nonsense, you know. It's kind of cool. I've always wanted to, I've been working on songs that almost like Spanish style guitar songs, kind of like, I guess like Gypsy Kings kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've got a few songs kind of along those lines I've been kind of working on, but I just haven't got it, worked on them enough because I've had so many other things musically to kind of really kind of focus on. But right, I'd, like well, to, I'd like to release something like that. Well, graph that genre into the punk tree somehow. That's maybe I should do that. Yeah. Like, Smash guitar with punk, that'd be kind of cool, you know? Or we are in quarantine. Oh, might be fun. You have yeah. more time than ever right now. That's true, yeah. Okay. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank we you appreciate guys. your time. Uh, it's, been, you it's been great to chat. Cheers, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. Have a good night. You All too, right, bro. You too. We want to thank Dan one more time. He was a really fun guy to have on this podcast. He shared some great stories about his experiences coming up in the punk world. He also highlighted some ways that the punk world could evolve by being more open-minded and collaborative. He really sets the example for this through his love of a wide variety of musical styles and the work he's done with a lot of different artists. We hope that you all enjoyed this episode, learned a little bit, and got inspired to start exploring more in the world of music. Go check out the new albums from Death by Stereo and Zebrahead, and as we close this episode, please enjoy this song called Free Gun with Purchase from Death by Stereo's latest album, We're All Dying Just in Time. And if you're not already, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at punk.tree.
inside. Your pulpit burns with pride. Your hatred is your purpose. A free gun with your budget. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 